0: So I'll let you know, if at any time we get a, a bad connection here, what I'll do is right. I'll just I'll cut you off if things start to delay a little bit, and then we'll let about seven seconds of silence go by, and then I'll start back up, just so I know where to make our edits. Perfect. Awesome. Okay, well, John, thank you so much uh, for coming on the show. Uh, listeners that don't know, uh, John Briggs is the owner-partner of Insight Tax, at InsightTax.com. There's a ton of free resources on there, and we were actually just looking through his About Us page, and there's a cool little video and a free download there if you guys want to check that out. Um, John, welcome to the show. Thanks, Matt. All right, so some things that we want to cover today is, uh, as we're wrapping up 2015, we want to have a couple discussions about some year-end tax planning for you know, small businesses in general, but I know there are some things that we as gym owners can take advantage of uh, as far as tax planning is concerned. Um, so the first of those things is how you structure your entity. Uh, John, will you dive into this entity structure a little bit more for us?
1: Sure. Um, a lot of people overlook the importance of the business type that you set up Uh, Most people are taking advice from, you know, their neighbor's brother's cousin's nephew who went to accounting school or something. And so um, they hear all these rumors and like, oh, yeah, I'll set up an LLC or, yeah, I'm a sole proprietor. And uh, they don't ever really think that there's a tax consequence tied to that. So when it comes to entity structuring, the main tax strategy involved is that we're trying to minimize self-employment tax. Um, For gym owners, self-employment tax is going to be connected to the fees that you earn on your membership with your paying athletes. And so if uh, if we can minimize that, that's the goal. And just so you know, it's 15.3%. When people talk about self-employment tax, it's Social Security, FICA, Medicare. As the gym owner, you are the employer and employee. And so that's why they call it a self-employment tax. And then you get to pay income tax on top of the self-employment tax. Um, we, it's not uncommon for us to see someone come in who maybe made thirty or $40,000, but they're paying 30% tax because they have the wrong structure. So that's, that's why the entity structuring is important. Um, as a sole proprietor, which is basically setting up a DBA with the state, or setting up a single member LLC, if it's just a single member LLC, it's taxed just like a sole proprietor, which is everything is subject to 15.3%. So if your gym nets $50,000, you're going to pay about 7,600 bucks in self-employment tax. And then you're going to pay your income tax on top of that.
0: So, as so we individ- recommend... Sorry to interrupt, John. Yeah. So I just want to get this clear that that as the so as an individual as as Matt the citizen I would be subject to my income tax, but then Matt the business would be subject to this self employment tax. Am I understanding that correctly? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yep. So uh, there are areas uh, within the tax codes that allow us to minimize this. Um, our recommendation for gym owners is that if it's if it's just one gym owner that it should be an S corporation. And so this is a little bit of a confusing thing about S corporations. Uh, I don't know if your listeners know this, but the IRS likes to complicate things. So there's actually, there's no state that will let you set up an S corporation directly. So the S corporation is literally just a tax classification. And so you can go to the state and set up an LLC. Or you can go to state and set up a corporation, an Inc. But regardless of what you set up, the IRS makes you file a form with them that tells them, hey, I want to be an S-Corporation. And that form is Form 2553. Uh, you can Google it. It's two pages. The, uh, it's technically three pages, but you only need to send in the first two pages. It's pretty simple to do. Um, but that, that lets the IRS know that we're going to be an S-Corp. Now, uh, because we're kind of close to the end of the year. If your listeners need to make a change, they they can still get this in, but I wouldn't delay any longer. I'd I'd send in the S election as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, If uh, I know we have a few clients, uh, gym owner clients that have uh, partnerships. And so in those scenarios, we actually do recommend a multi-member LLC And that's going to be taxed as a partnership. But then to get the self-employment tax savings, we have the gym owners own their equity within an S corporation instead of individually. And both of those structures are going to minimize the self-employment tax burden. Just as a a base calculation for every $1,000 in net income, you will save at least $100 in self-employment tax. And the only thing you're doing is changing your, entity structuring you you're still going to write off the same stuff you can write off your money's still going to flow the same way you want it to you're going to pay your bills the same way it's literally just creating this bucket with the irs and so by putting money in it when it comes out it's self-employment tax clean if you will
0: and i think that an important distinction for a lot of for actually all most of our listeners are gym owners or or soon to be gym owners uh, this is a, uh, a distinction that was lost on me for a long time that I didn't quite understand. So what we're saying is that your legal entity can be classified as an LLC, uh, as, and that's your legal status. And then as the individual, if you're in a partnership, for example, then you can create an S-corp that holds your shares of an LLC, and experience the tax benefits of that. Did That's that, right. Okay, so yeah, you're not. So we're not really even like we're not needing to hire an attorney and and re-register your entity or or get a new operating agreement made. We're just changing the classification under which you are taxed. Correct.
1: Exactly. Okay.
0: Awesome. So uh, on that note, so there are obviously some very easy forms that can be sent in that we can maximize some of these uh, tax benefits. Uh, Speaking of which, thinking about expenses that the gym owner should be tracking uh, in light of this new entity tax designation, what are some things that we should be looking out for as business expenses that we may not be?
1: Yeah, great question. Uh, This is a big one for me. Um, I don't know how many people have experience with actual DPAs, but um, in general, my industry is very lazy and they, they've gotten to the point where you feel like they work for the government. And so uh, people don't realize that if you asked one question to 10 different CPAs, you're probably going to get 15 different answers <laughs> because the tax code is totally up for interpretation. Um, and, And then you add complicated, you complicate that by then saying, well, if I had one issue and I send that to 10 different IRS auditors, I'm probably going to get 100 different responses. Because people don't realize it's the Supreme Court that determines ultimate interpretation of the tax code, and very few issues get to that point where it becomes black and white. So the rest of the tax code is gray area. I just want to, I'm just prefacing my answer with that so that um, your listeners can know that. I'm going to lean on what the world views as an aggressive side. Mm-hmm. And I say it that way because I don't actually think I'm aggressive. I think I just know the tax code and I'm totally comfortable with the CPA with my interpretation of what we ask our clients to do. So if, with that being said, if you're looking for a conservative CPA, my answer is, is not for you. Um, so that being said, this is my philosophy. If you are spending a dollar, then the question should be asked, is this dollar related to my business in any shape, form, or fashion? And if it is, then I need to be paying for it out of my business account. I need to be writing it off. And that's – a lot of people don't realize, for example, personal travel. What they think is personal travel is probably actually a business trip, especially with CrossFit. I mean, the way CrossFit has exploded across the country – Anywhere you go, you're gonna be able to come across the CrossFit gym and guess what? What better way to grow your business than to work out in someone else's gym and see, hey, oh, they did that a little bit different than the way we do it. I mean, I know we all follow the laws and, and the techniques, but there's little nuances a little little differences between gyms. You might pick up a golden idea. Hey, guess what? That makes your trip business because you're doing market research. You very well could go into an area and so maybe see if you want to open up a location there. Hawaii, Bermuda, you know, wherever. Mm-hmm. So, so if you can attach it to a business purpose, then it needs to be a business write-off. That's that's kind of our overall philosophy. It,
0: and I think that for the, I mean, we can just say for the CrossFit affiliate in general. I, you know, I don't know if the other gym owners out there are like me, but I am struggling to think of the last time I went out to eat or. Out to go do something socially, and it was not, and it was not with a member of my gym, or you know, not with a coach. You know what I mean? We have such a, a, yeah. a strong community from with our gyms. I think you would be surprised at, at how little you actually go out and do things socially with people that are not your
1: clients. Exactly. I mean, our the the gym I go to, CrossFit GSL. They, uh, they're having a potluck or they just had a potluck party, sorry, over the weekend. Look, if I bought food for that, that's a business write-off, right? I mean, mm-hmm. anyways, it, with the mindset that if I'm spending a dollar, if I can tie it to my business, it just changes everything. Because we're not just talking about building a community, you know, workout clothes. There's there's a certain look you have to have as a, as a gym owner. Um, eat. You, know, you, guys have, you guys eat healthy, right? I personally wouldn't go to my gym if the owners were fat, right. but they're all, you know, they're, they're all CrossFit cut, and they have to have that look. And so they're probably paying, paying a premium for their groceries. Well, guess what? That premium is a tax write-off. Mm-hmm. Supplements, if you're taking supplements, that's a tax write-off. If I'm buying books to improve myself personally or business-wise, those are tax write-offs. Anywhere I drive, if I come across someone who could sweat in my gym, that's probably some I need to be running off those miles because there's business purpose to the miles that I'm driving.
0: Cool. Um, okay, let's play, uh, let's play a small little game here to <laughs> expense or okay. not. So I'm just going to go through. I'm, I'm standing in my office right now, and I'm just looking at some things that I've, uh, that I've come across. So uh, I recently started paying for an online nutrition coach and so first off expense or not
1: that's an expense
0: that's an expense okay so i have been as a result of paying for this online nutrition coach they've delivered me a meal plan that's documented in these excel spreadsheets that they send me that is uh way beyond the scope of things that i would otherwise buy is the cost of that food related to that meal plan could that be considered an expense yes okay um cool let's uh so think about um I go to home depot i think most gym owners like go to a home depot like four or five times a week uh gas to and from is that an expense
1: gas to and from mileage uh so um we'll want to come back to that one, Matt, as okay. far as there's some nuances between that okay,
0: okay. but yes
1: it's it, definitely business um
0: i I probably I own like thirty shaker bottles because I lose them all the time. So for your protein shakes. <laughs> is that an expense? Yep. Awesome. Um trying to think. I'm just looking around my office. So I've got a, a really nice high resolution camera that I use to film um, demo videos. Business expense?
1: Totally. I can tell you as an athlete, um we we watch those videos when we look at the wall and I'm like, what the hell does that work out? So, yeah, totally, definitely. Awesome.
0: Well, cool. So I think, I mean, moral of the story is that um, I think as the gym owner, like you, you live the life, you know, so to speak. So it's easy to not, it's easy to kind of um, miss out on what some of these uh, business expenses may be because it's such a an ingrained part of your, your day-to-day, and it's always been that. But I think that generally speaking, I mean, based off this exercise that you and I just did, John, um, a lot of these things can be tied back to your fitness business and therefore need to be treated as business expenses. You got it. So speaking of tracking, is there... Um, how do I track this? Like, is there is there a software that you recommend that I that makes you know my year end tax planning super easy?
1: Yeah, great question. So we don't force any system upon people. I mean, if they have a system that's working, we're we're totally great with that. Most people don't track expenses as regularly as they should, but QuickBooks is great. I personally would stay away from QuickBooks Online. Um, I know Intuit's trying to push everybody there. Mm -hmm. But FreshBooks, um, really any of those online solutions are totally sufficient. Um, You you probably don't want to do it by paper. And I mean, I guess if you're a new gym just starting off, Excel might be sufficient. But once you get 20 or 30 athletes, uh, you you probably – Need some sort of system, and they're pretty inexpensive these days. So it, it's always better to just track it in a software that's designed for that. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And and so you mentioned uh, people don't track them as often as they need to be. What is a good frequency that we need to be either? What is a good frequency that we we need to be updating whatever method we're tracking on?
1: So at a minimum, I would say at least once a month. Mm -hmm. Um, We are, we have a certification called Profit First. uh, And in in our Profit First system, which is a cash flow management system, we actually recommend ideal is on the 10th and 25th of every month. So on the 10th and 25th, not only are you uh, tracking your expenses, those are also the two days of the month you pay your bills. And, We just find that this allows the business owner to focus on their business the rest of the time, knowing that the way their system is set up, they're not going to miss any bills, but they only have to focus on it twice a month. Because I just know that CrossFit affiliate owners don't get into the business to be an accountant. (laughs) They're trying to help people improve physically and improve their performance, not worry about debits and credits, the kind of crap that I like.
0: Yeah. No, absolutely. And I think that that gives I mean that's one thing that we at at three two one go. that's one thing that we teach in our uh, business mentoring services is to to understand you know to really understand these metrics. and I you know and so I personally, I prefer to just do it um, the day that pay you know the day that payroll closes. So at the end of that pay period, everything gets reconciled and that happens twice a month. and it just kind of becomes on autopilot. And then you're forced to actually look at your numbers twice a week, which is also – it's just so important. You know what I mean? Even just being in front of them and developing that habit of being in front of your your P&L is is invaluable in my opinion.
1: Mm -hmm. I agree.
0: All right. So we we kind of got off track just a little bit. So I want to kind of steer us towards looking at year-end tax planning. So um, state taxes is something that you mentioned that we need to be thinking about, specifically pre-paying state taxes. What does that look like?
1: Okay, so what this is, a lot of people are like, no, that doesn't make sense. Why would I do that? Because then I have to pay them. Okay, so what we're doing is the tax that you would owe in April, so in four months from now, we're saying pay that now before the end of the month because – State income tax paid is an itemized deduction. It's treated just like mortgage interest, just like property tax, just like charitable contributions. It goes on the same form. So if you're filling out that form and you prepay state tax, whatever you prepay, that increases your federal itemized deductions, which means by prepaying my state tax four months early, I actually reduce how much I have to pay the IRS. And so it's, it's literally not uncommon. I mean, we've, I, we've done like 80 the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, if a client paid $10,000 to the state, because that's what they, we estimated they were going to owe, they just saved themselves $3,000 on the IRS. That's $3,000 that they, have, they now get to keep in their pocket just by paying something that they were going to have to do four months early. So that's kind of how it works out. Obviously, some people, we have some clients who are in states who don't have income tax. So the strategy doesn't work because they don't have income tax, but that's yeah. kind of a cool benefit I'm too. I'm sure
0: they'll get over <laughs> it not having. St- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they'll be just fine. Uh, no, but um, so but essentially, you're saying that we can take uh, so even though my 2015 state taxes are not due until 2016, if I get that payment in before the first of the year, that goes on an itemized deduction for taxes that I do not owe the IRS in 2016. Yep. All right. Cool. Um, so, on that note of taking expenses in 2015, uh, let's talk about new purchases of equipment. Um, hey.
1: Um, when it comes to equipment purchases, I will first say this because we get we get this weird question every year. Like, hey, dude, should I buy a boat? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Should you? <laughs> like, well, you tell me. No, I'm not going to tell you. Cash is always king. And that, that's my belief, at least. Uh, and cash is the lifeblood of my business. It's what makes me happy, gives me freedom. When you are expensing something and writing it off, it's not a dollar-for-dollar dollar savings. Mm-hmm. So if I spend $10,000 on equipment, I'm going to probably spend about... Or I'm going to save about $3,000 in taxes. Mm-hmm. So we kind of approach it this way. We say, if you're planning on buying the equipment if it's in your plan and vision for your gym think, yeah, if you have the cash now, buy it now and save the taxes. But if you didn't have plans for it, then don't, don't spend money just to spend money because it's not a, it's not a dollar for dollar trade off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like, I mean, yeah, if you're, if you need to buy new dumbbells or uh, the barbells, you need to get maybe a new, some new rowers or airdyne bikes or whatever, uh, yeah, now it's the time. You might as well buy that before the, the month is over.
0: And so, and we've talked about equipment, and I this is just fresh off my mind because I just had my website redone. Um, so, does, do, do I get a tax incentive for, or not, I guess it's not a tax incentive, but is, would it behoove me just as much to make any relevant big investments prior to the end of that tax year?
1: Yeah, I mean, especially if you're going to finance it because you're not eating up your cash. (laughs) Right, right. Um, So, yeah, there's been a little bit of turmoil when it comes to Congress and them deciding how much they're going to let people write off when it comes to equipment purchases. Mm -hmm. They literally just signed it officially into law, I think this morning or on Friday. So they've extended what is called the Section 179 deduction, which is saying, look, normally we make you take the asset over five years, and basically take a tax write-off over five years. But you can expense up to five hundred thousand dollars immediately. So I, I know most of our uh, most of our CrossFit clients don't have the need to spend five hundred thousand dollars on equipment. So that's going to more than cover anything that they do do. But yeah, if they buy whatever, they, uh, whatever they buy, racks, weights, uh, they'll be able to take the full benefit of that tax write-off this year.
0: And and help me understand the benefit of waiting towards the end of the year for that. Is that just so you can, you have the whole year to forecast your cash flow and then we're making those investments at the end of the year?
1: Uh, no, I think really doing it at the end of the year is more of a, a byproduct of just trying to save taxes. I, I think if someone knew what they needed in the beginning of the year, buying in the beginning of the year is just as good. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's, there's any, there's no magic there that says, Hey, we're, we always buy equipment at the end of the year. It just falls into that category because people are looking and they say, Oh, I had a good year. Crap. I had a good year now I got to pay taxes and I didn't plan on that. Then, then that's where people come in to play there. Right. But we, I mean, we have clients too. Yeah. They're going to owe lots in taxes, but they planned for it and they're, they're fine with that because they, yeah, they were like, I don't, I don't need to accelerate my, my equipment purchasing here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Cause like, look, if, if I didn't, if my athlete membership number didn't increase that much, um, I don't really need, need to increase my capacity. So don't, don't buy unnecessary equipment, but for sure buy what you need and replace what you need.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I, so if we're thinking about, and I think this would really apply for you know in a big way. So if you're saying up to half a million dollars on this, um, you know I think this would really apply well for gym owners that are looking at that second location. You know what mm-hmm. I mean if you yep. you know if the plan is to make that purchase in like third quarter, like just wait till the fourth quarter. I would imagine right to to make that uh, make that investment in that second location. At, toward the end of the year, and that gives you time for planning and things like that, right?
1: Yep, gives you time for planning, gives you time to know how much cash you actually have, what you what you can and can't do, yeah. Okay, so... If, yeah, if, you're, if you're planning on saying, oh, I'm going to open up this location first of the year, you, you might as well put the money into it before the year ends, take the tax right off now instead of having to wait an entire year.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, so we've, we've hit some really high points here, John, on wrapping up the year. Uh, obviously, entity structure is something that we can really take advantage of before the beginning of the year, um, prepaying state taxes, and then planning out some of those uh, new purchases. And then also, we kind of hit on what sort of business expenses we should be tracking. Um, anything else? for? Let, if we just really kind of zero in on the gym owner specifically, we always like to give folks a really tangible takeaway, like something that they can turn around and take action on um, tomorrow. So can you think of anything, have you stepped into having any uh, gym owner clients, uh, anything that you just see as a gaping hole that we can maybe begin to cover up right away?
1: A gaping hole in their tax strategy. Um, I mean, we we literally find that about 75% of the CrossFit affiliate owners who come across don't have the right entity structure. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm, I mean, that is that we talked about it first because it's the biggest one as far as tax saving possibilities. I mean, so if, if they have questions, I'd love to give them a free consultation and just say, Hey, you know what, give me a call, shoot me an email, a little bit about your situation. I'll tell you what entity you should have. that's a good takeaway. But honestly, paying the state tax there's an action item. that's so easy for them to do. Get on Google, type in your state name. You know, Utah's tax prepayment, California tax prepayment, Missouri's pre-tax payment. Um, there's typically just a form you got to fill out. Uh, it's easy action to take. Even if you have no idea how much you're going to owe, look at what you paid last year, and write a check to the state. Awesome.
0: Awesome. John, that's great stuff. So um, wrapping up, guys, you can find John at uh, InsightTax.com. And like I said, there's a great video under the About Us section. There's a free download for small businesses that would be uh, more than appropriate for the gym owners. And also I'm sure John um, would be happy to hop on a call with you and talk about some specific strategies. So listeners, this is the point in the show where we give you a disclaimer that any of the advice given in here is general information, and that your specific situation can be different. So please consult with a tax professional about what any specific situations that you have going on. Um, John, anything else that I'm missing?
1: No, been been a ton of fun. I love sharing information. I appreciate what CrossFit gym owners are doing for people and their health. I know me personally, I've. I just feel better, so I, I want you guys to do more for yourself, and the only way to do that is to make sure you stop giving the government unnecessary money.
0: Absolutely, you know. And on that <laughs> note, on that note, John, I will say that uh, I I had a conversation with my own personal tax planning uh, the other day with Dustin, and so he said that he's yeah. been going to the box with you as well, and you guys are a little healthy office competition
1: Yep. (laughs)
0: That's awesome. Yeah,
1: good. We push each other in our workouts.
0: That's good. That's good to hear. All right. Well, John, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. We really appreciate it.
1: Thanks, Matt.